Check one, check two. Check two. This is it. Welcome to the Cannabis Coffee Hour. I'm your host, Rob Cantrell, coming to you live. I have a guest here. We're at Shapeshifters Lab, uh, a great new jazz venue. Really cool jazz venue. Really cool jazz venue for a really cool guest. This guy, he has a great podcast that I'll tell you all about, but he also has been on The Daily Show. He was on the Correspondence Dinner, headline speaker. Uh, well, uh, asterisk, we'll talk about that in a sec. Uh, yes, and he was also in the uh, television show Archer, Poker Face. Uh, he did commercials, Mac commercials with Justin Long. He went uh, to BC. Yale. Yep. He's written five books. He's way too good to do this podcast, no. but he's the nicest guy ever, and he's got a great podcast. Judge uh, John Hodgman, give it up for Mr. John Hodgman. There's no audience here. Oh, yeah. They can't give it up. I'm giving it up. You're giving it up at home? Yes. The Thank internet. You. Wow. Oh, my gosh. They're going nuts. People are oh, clapping hey, right hey, in front of their life. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's just me, John. Just you. If I want jazz in Park Slope, you know where I come, Shapeshifter Cafe. That's where it's at. Because this is the jazziest uh, neighborhood in uh, the borough of Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, this is where it's all happening, jazz. And I, I, was in the, I, was in, I was leaving Park Slope to go to Manhattan, which I do sometimes. Ooh. I don't uh, even remember what, probably to go walk on a picket line. Well, yeah, walk on a picket. You were out there doing it, stomping. I was, I was but before I got out there, I ran into Rob on the subway. Yes. And, uh, and he said, uh, would you be on my podcast? <laughs> and, uh, and I said, yes. And because, as you well know, if you're above ground on the F train and you make a promise, you got to keep it. you got to keep that. No matter how much I w wish it weren't true. <laughs> no, I'm so, it was very nice to run into you, and I was very glad that you invited me here to the Shapeshifter Cafe to talk about things oh. and here we are and it happened and we and we made it happen i saw you i talked to you and it was in the middle of uh, the strike and i was like john all we Where got was it was i going though rob i don't think i was going to pick it that day i think you may have been going to pick you were doing something but we were up, both I'm always up to something everybody i'm always up to something <laughs> he's always something i mean you are fascinating john I, I don't i don't even know where to begin with you man okay well we started on the f train we started on the f train and i think that i think i was just it's interesting to me perhaps not to none others but i was just we hung out most meaningfully, most recently, not very recently, mm -hmm. uh, doing a Doug Loves Movies thing. Didn't we do that together? Yes, at Gramercy Theater. That's yeah. where we first met, and you December were very kind. December the 1st, 2019. That's what it feels like. That's when it was. I just happened to go in my diary the other day, and I saw that we were doing it that day. Oh, wow. Right before the pandy. Yep. Right before I went and crawled inside a closet for three we years. All we all did. <laughs> and, uh, and then and I it's saw it's still exciting for me to be able to walk around and walk into a cafe and do a podcast face-to-face -face with somebody. Same. It's Same. still exciting to me. It still. never gets old. Never gets old, and New York is back. And in some ways, like, I just feel the energy of people running around, and I'm yeah. like, I'm so glad this is happening, and people... Now the strike's over, art's happening, jazz venues hope, are opening I up. So. I hope so. Uh, I saw that you were on the CBS Morning Show for your podcast. Oh, yeah. That was, um, we did, a, it was one of our first live shows. So Judge John Hodgman is my podcast, which it you is. were kind enough to mention. We've been yep. doing it 
for um, almost 12 years, I want to say. Maybe this is our 12th anniversary. Once a week on the Maximum Fun Network, I adjudicate disputes, just like Judge Judy or, or a People's Court, but on a podcast. And the people are not doing, uh, they're not coming to me with uh, property issues or salacious, uh, you know, he threw a he threw a frozen pigeon through the window of my truck or whatever. You're not doing Wapner. I wish I could get a frozen pigeon through the. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> if that were on my podcast, whoo, top of the charts. Top of the charts. He threw a frozen pigeon through my truck. Oh, you know that happened in Buffalo one I mean, time. Absolutely. And what would the defense be, uh, Your Honor? It was not frozen. <laughs> <laughs> it was a regular pigeon. It was thawed. It was a thawed pigeon. And I had the keys locked in the car, and I, it was the first thing I grabbed. But people come to me with with other kinds. of like low-key low, low key weird disputes. And, and then I try to think of one, and I never can. Oh, yeah. This woman came to us. She was in a dispute with her her mom. She was she was an adult. Mm-hmm. And her mom is in perfectly good health, but she's at that time of her life where she was starting to think about, what do I want to happen when I die? Right. And what she decided was, I want my daughter to cremate my body, not personally, but have it done by a professional. I like it. But then to personally take my ashes to Disney World and flush me down the toilet. <laughs> and uh, my daughter was like, I don't want to do that. I'll do anything. Like, I'll dump your ashes in Disney World. But I don't want to flush them down the toilet. Does, does she like, does the mom like Disney or hate Disney? She loves, she loves it. Loves, and that's the way to get really into the she castle. Wanted, she had read somewhere that the water gets the gray water gets re, renewed not renewed reused and t- as irrigation water for the flowers oh wow so she wanted to water the flowers at disney world yeah they do have good flowers there i have been there that's true they have like these beautiful flower like they have sculptures of all the disney characters in the flowers in flowers Top- what did you judge i would say Top- yeah i'm a big call fan that topiary shit <laughs> yeah topiary shit and stuff and that's where they mold flowers. they shape that's hedges shift. they'll 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 trim hedges to look not flowers right flowers is probably a different name topiary is when they trim a hedge, hedge. to look like a unicorn or something that's what they were doing, but they yeah. were doing the eyes had like blue and like they must have had some flowers in there. Look, gardening crew, that's what all I want to do with Disney World. Oh, yeah. Go around, go around and stare at the flowers and I don't get high. Yeah, I, do, I know. I love to, uh, I get high. Regularly. I like to do it regular. Anytime I can get to nature, yeah. get my hands in the dirt, that's feel right. some worms. Yeah. Breathe it into my soul. Surefire way to get kicked out of Disney World. <laughs> yeah. Fun while you're doing it. You could do this on the side of the highway. You could do yeah. this in the backyard. Yeah. That's the type of nature. No, Disney World has nothing to do with nature, but the I would say the it's flowers are cool. Nature. Yes. And, it's, and the it's I mean, look, if you're into gardening, you, there's a lot for you to look at at Disney World and Disneyland. All the Disney's. They got some. They got some fucking boss gardeners working there oh yeah you know they got the top of the line Yeah, top of the line top of the line uh yeah lawn smiths and lawn smiths Smiths and uh garden people but what they also have disney world and disneyland is they have people dumping ashes yeah i forget what it's called i looked it up you'll have to listen to the episode but the the janitorial crew at Disney World, by the way, top of the line janitors. Oh, top! They got great benefits. Absolutely. They got teeth, good and, teeth. And, you know, I hear that they have really good benefits there. Anyway, yeah, uh, the janitors—they have a code. They're like, uh, I, let's call it—I don't know—like code Snow White. That just means that someone just dumps some ashes, <laughs> some bodily remains in the haunted mansion or whatever. Happens all the time. 
Someone People, just pulls their mom out. Boom. boom. Tosses them. Haunted Mansion is a very popular place for it, obviously, because of spooky graveyard stuff. Yeah. But people, people want to live there in eternity. Yes. Are you a Disney person? Did you have an affinity for Disney? Was it, was it around? No. no. I was a Looney Tunes person. Oh, yeah. I was a Laugh Olympics person. Sure. Okay. There like, you that go. was a good one. Wait a minute. Is that Hanna-Barbera? It was like they were all they battling. Were all together. They were yeah. all together. I thought it was genius. Yeah. Hanna-Barbera, you know, Yogi... Yogi Bear and yeah. Boo Boo, Boo. And Muttley. Muttley. And then they had the evil team. Yeah, I think and, Muttley was one of the evil ones. Yeah. They, <laughs> he was the evil dog who went around with like Snidely Whiplash or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Hanna-Barbera. No, I, but Disney uh, uh, missed me in the, t- in the, in the Today parlance uh, because uh, it was not in any way subversive. Yes. And so I didn't find it particularly funny. I find funny things to be at least a little subversive. Yeah, there's nothing subversive. That, it didn't make me feel smart. That's what Looney Tunes made me feel. <laughs> All right. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, I didn't know that they were making, like, what, what weird reference are they making to Buster Keaton in this cartoon? <laughs> I didn't know, but it made me feel smart. Because yes. they were made for adults. Uh, you know, those, those cartoons were made, you know, the Bugs Bunny and so forth originally. There were short subjects before feature films. They were, adults were watching those things. So you know they wanted those Edgar G. Robinson impersonations. <laughs> yeah, right before Casablanca. Yeah, exactly. You would rock out a little cartoon for 10 minutes. They should go back to that style. They should go back to that. Yeah, and just get the animation. Because a full, an- I want to do animation films. But a full animation film is a lot. But a 10 minutes, if you got those artists that do Pixar, Pickin. Cooker, for just like, you just know, hyper it. And you know that Disney and Marvel have those uh, visual artists they're just tr- chained, yeah, chained, chained to a radiator, chained to a gold radiator. Well, I don't think so. You know, they 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 tried to put out so many Marvels things. Yeah, that those people were losing their minds. Well, you were talking about like the kid in the. That's how it was growing up with comic books. Like DC was more of like, okay, I know it. Marvel had a little bit of an edge to it. Yeah, to me. Superman was your dad. Yes. He was especially in the, in the day. But Daredevil, you might know him. Yeah, and and Peter Parker, you might be him. You might be him. Yeah, you've gotten you've gotten bit by a spider. We all absolutely. Yeah, and then you're like, I might be different right every, now. Every every year, I go out into the woods of Maine. I'm like, bite me. <laughs> I need been bitten. Let's see. I have to check my diary, but I would say seventeen thousand one hundred and something odd times. They like your skin. I'm looking for those powers, man. Yeah, looking for those powers. Now I should not be walking around in the state of Maine. I should probably be walking near like a nuclear reactor or something because you need one of those radioactive spiders. Yeah, you need the special but, spiders. But Maine is where I'm at a lot of the time, and there are spiders there. I just do what I can. Yeah, you just make it work. But yeah, next trip you go to Russia, I think they would be hanging out around some of those, those nuclear Chernobyl reactors. Chernobyl spiders, yeah. I bet you. Oh, they got some super duper powers. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Disney was not my, th- you know, I didn't like a Mickey Mouse per, per se. I mean, I appreciate all that, but I always was fascinated by the, by the parks. The parks, the parks were a different thing compared to all of the product, all of the content, as they say. The parks were a constructed environment that absolutely was so artificial within an inch of its life that I was astonished that the ducks were real when yes. you saw, the, or you know, when you see them swimming around that castle. Yeah, I was actually a little disappointed, and even when I went there. You thought it was going to be remote control. As a kid, no, I just, even, you know, look, I, you mentioned that I went to Yale. I'll cop to it. Yeah. I went to a four-year accredited uh, college in Southern Connecticut. 
I know somebody that went there. Yeah. Who? Uh, Bill Steiger. I don't know. Okay, yeah, Google him up. He's a couple years older than I am. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, he's I'm my brother's age. He's okay. We're the same age. Who, you and me? Yeah. Oh, you mean you think I'm going to hang around with old Bill Steiger? Yeah, you're not going to hang out no, with old Bill No, it's you and Bill me, Steiger. Rob. Yeah. Point is, I went there for training in literary theory because I wanted to make a lot of money. <laughs> and uh, even before I got my degree in, in decon deconstructing texts, I was in high school, I went on a, a choir trip to Walt Disney World, and my mind was absolutely blown by the artificiality <laughs> and the text that it was speaking. I was just like, you know, like, what is it to walk through a world that has been completely constructed to look like a fantastical nature, and what is it when you are being tricked, and what what is it to walk through a store? I mean, I just loved all that shit. Oh, life is now, an illusion. I was the least popular guy in choir, which you can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real race to the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Because I was talking about, you know, deconstructing texts all the time, but I had it right. Yes. So I always was fascinated by the parks. And I understood why, you know, a mom want, might want to have her ashes commune there. There's certainly Disney freaks out there who would like that, and they do it all the time. But I, I, didn't, I didn't think it was fair for a mom to ask her adult daughter to flush her down the toilet. Yeah. And so I, I ruled against that mom. Sorry, I mom. Yeah, so I mean, throwing her, throwing the ashes maybe by the roller coaster or in the garden, but to go in the toilet, like to flush your mom down the toilet, yeah. is a little that would stick Just with tip you. Them into Trauma. A, tip them into a flower bed. Yes. Tip them into a flower bed. You know, cut. You don't know that those ashes are going to go through those pipes and hit those flower roots. Yes. So cut out the cut out the middle pipe. Cut out them and go right to the yeah. Go, go right to go the flowers. Go exactly where you want them to be. Yeah, that's and if the and you know if the if they call a code Snow White or whatever it is, it's not that, but it's something like that. And you get in trouble for it. Take the hit for your mom. Take the hit. Go to Disney jail. Disney <laughs> that that can't be that tough. You going watch to, cartoons. Going to Disney jail. Yeah. I think un <laughs> like unlike most uh, uh, law enforcement. Uh, Disney is really into de-escalation. Yes. <laughs> they really want you to calm down and they'll help you get out of a bad situation before they throw you in Disney jail. But they can throw you in Disney jail. They could go down. I'm sure there's... I know a bunch of people who worked at, at Disney. And they said there was a jail. There's a, there's a jail. Totally. I mean, it's... it's an, I'm a little disappointed because it's basically just like a backstage room as opposed to a phony jail. That's, <laughs> you know... But I guess people would want to go into it then. You yeah. Know? Under Magic like Mountain? A phony Old West jail. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but one time I was walking through Disneyland, and our, our children are now, as of this you know, month or so, both officially adults. Yep. And when they Nester. were real kids, mm -hmm. we went to Disneyland, and um, my friend Mark was talking about Disney jail. And I had been over to California quite a bit because I was working on television at the time. Uh, and, uh, and had been missing from my family for a while. And my, oh. my son, who was probably about, I want to say, you know, 10 or something at the time said, dad, have you ever been to Disney jail? <laughs> and I'm like, well, no, but also what do you think I'm doing out here <laughs> when I come to California? First, I mean, first of all, you think I'm going to Disneyland without you on my own, <laughs> which would be a terrible, tr terrible betrayal of a child. Terrible dad. Yeah. And then second of all, you think I'm coming out here to Disneyland on my own and just going fucking wild <laughs> and getting thrown into Disney jail? Beating up, yeah, beating, beating up Mickey, yeah, getting drunk yeah, and surly. Like, yeah, getting totally drunk and getting thrown in Disney jail. Like, yeah. no, the answer is no, I've never been to Disney jail. 
No, I haven't been to G Disney Jail, but I have been to Disney World, and I do love creating your own universe. And I do think Shapeshifter Lab and being an artist Here we go. is a lot about creating your own, not that Disney has a great one, but I, I have been doing a routine about being a, uh, what is, uh, a maestro of a symphony. Oh, yeah. And that's how the Fantasia movie is, where, yeah. which is some of the best animation in the world is Fantasia. Absolutely. And how he's doing, that's the only thing I'll give to Disney. Everybody's like, oh, big corporation. But I'll tell you, Fantasia, Mickey oh, so Mouse, Killing it. That was almost a century ago. Yeah. That, different people now. But that was different like the people, Beatles and the Rolling Stones sure. of animation. Oh, that of was course. like the rock and roll oh, of animation. They have incredible artists working there. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And I just love the idea of the conductor. Like, you don't know the music, but you're pulling the energy out of people. Sure. Out. You're like, oboe, you go. Yeah. Violins, hit it. Let's hit them. Yeah. It's rare for a conductor to say those things out loud. Yeah. Because mostly it's about the music, but I bet you can. But he's feeling that. You know, they, it's all about feeling, and they have wild hair. I saw It's the, all about bossing. Bossing, bossing people around. Oh, you got to get bossed out. The Philharmonic, I yeah. saw them in Prospect Park. Yeah, just they were playing their number one jam. Which is? Dun, 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 dun. Oh, Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. Yes, and the guy was Don't just... Don't test me on any other class. <laughs> definitely no dun, 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 dun. Yeah, all you got to say is dun, 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 and you know that that's Beethoven's Fifth. I didn't know it was his fifth. This guy went to Yale, so he does know. I'll tell you something. Uh, but I knew it was the number one classic jam. I, first of all, this coffee here at Shapeshifter Cafe, it's a real treat. Oh, they got great coffee. Everyone here. should come by. And we're sitting here on the on the jazz stage. We're just we're like there's a drum kit here. There's a there's a real grand piano over there. There's a Fender amp. This grand piano, I believe, this it's is where you want to come and see jazz and Park Slope for heaven's sake. Oh yeah, they have it. Finish nightly. your shift at the food co-op and just go across the street and hit jazz a little out joint. Jazz come in, buzz. jazz out. Put your beret on and uh, dig it. Now I told you that I don't get high with any frequency. Yes, but. You know, once marijuana, mm -hmm. became, they started putting in, because I'm a pill guy. Yes. You know, I, I'm a pill and inhaler guy. I'm an asthmatic. <laughs> you know, I've been taking No, yeah, you shouldn't be smoking if you have bad lung stuff. Yeah. yeah well, that's all. But it's also, I'm a, I'm a weird only child who follows rules. And so I, I got into, you know, cocktails as soon as I could. Same, same. Because alcohol as an intoxicant is highly predictable for me. Yes. Because it, it was legally distilled and being made to certain government standards. And you know that that glass of gin is going to be the same as that glass of gin if it came from the same bottle or, or even a, a different bottle from the same manufacturer. Correct. W weed, I couldn't see where it was coming from. Yes. That was something that was delivered to your dorm room by white guys with dreadlocks. I didn't want to have anything to do with it. Right. A couple of times I tried it. I'm sorry I stopped by. Some of the, <laughs> No, I, I mean, sometimes it was magical. No, you're 100% right. And a right. lot of the times I just didn't know what it was going to do to me. Yes. And sometimes I had a bad experience. Yes. So I stayed away from it. But then, they, then as it became, you know, legalized and they started putting in gummies and pills and stuff, I'm like pills, that's my jam. I'll give this a try. Yep. So one of the rare times that I, that I did have a pot. Yes. Mar what do you call it? Cannabis. Like weed. Cannabis. No, yeah, marijuana is actually THC. a racial, like, it's like, there's, it's tied to kind of uh, this old 1930s. Reefer madness. Reefer madness. So Derogatory it, the can Yeah. The cannabis is cannabis. the proper plant. Right. And that's what we're talking about. And you're right. And that's why I love about New York legalization. They don't have a dispensary here in 
Brooklyn yet. I only go to the legal ones. It's in Manhattan. Housing Works is the one that has it. But yes, it's regulated. Yeah. And it's grown outdoors. That's Which, what I love about I mean, there about. are a lot of problems with, with regulation and how licenses are distributed and who gets to make money off of marijuana, who still goes to jail, excuse me, cannabis, <laughs> cannabis. who gets to go to jail for it. Right. Like, it's not, I'm not saying that it's a perfect system. It's I'm not. just saying it was enough for me to, like, to give it a try because I was like I'll 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 take a I'll take one of these pills yes. I've been taking pills all my life <laughs> you know I'm basically as far as my inhaler isn't concerned I'm like an asthmatic cyborg I can't live without that technology got it so the one of the times that I just remembered that I did get high was when I was on tour in Florida with the Boston Pops oh nice the Boston Pops are they're they're like the Boston Symphony Orchestra but they play fun stuff yes right they play like they'll do a Beatles medley but there's well-trained musicians is what you're saying. Highest, highest level. Highest level musicians. Highest level of classical musicians. You're, these guys studied for 20 years. all about the bass. Yeah, Suzuki method, the yeah. whole nine. Like, have you not heard all about the bass until you've heard it on a, on a Boston Pops timpani? Boom. <laughs> and sousaphone. Then it's all about the bass. Do they have an oboe? No, not in that particular song. Okay. But, you know, go for oboe. Oh. Yeah, you love you love to tell those oboes what to do. Oh, I love hit it, oboe. But they, uh, <laughs> I did a little bit of comedy with them. Cool. Uh, in Boston, and then on the road as they toured through Florida. And it, I won't describe what the bit is. You can look it up online. But it was a very classical music esoteric thing. They asked me to do it. I'm from the Boston area, so I had to come home and stand on stage in Boston Symphony Hall. Wow. And just feel the music hit the back of my butt. That's what I, I'm you know, as I did this little comedy interstitial thing for this piece, it was amazing. And then we went to Florida, and uh, and my friend David Reese was there, and I finished my bit, and the, the whole second act of the show, and I was like, David, do you want to you want to eat a, a THC pill, and watch the rest of the show? And he's like, okay. So we did, and we peaked just as they hit uh, uh, Stairway to Heaven. They did Stairway oh. to Heaven. Oh. Boston Pops, Sarasota, Florida, oh. Performing Arts Center. Beautiful. Amidst like all of these 60 and 70 year old people who are, who knows what they were on. Who knows, but they're, they're chill. They were totally chill. I like old people. They're chill. That was a very deep moment. That was a good moment that the, THC oh. used for me. That's a great I'm moment. Chasing that, I'm chasing that one around. Chase that one around. And uh, yeah, something about live music, I, that's something that I did miss. I, I did a show over in Williamsburg and I went by Union Pool. The other sure. day on Sunday, and it was the first time I've seen live live music since the pandemic. Like right. real people jamming out. I need to come here to Shapeshifter. I will uh, this week. Uh, but yeah, just seeing live music is just so powerful. Yeah. And I don't know. There's just there's a nut. Comedy's great. Comedy's more mental, but there's something soulful about music. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, like if you are seeing music that isn't, and I'm all into music that is amplified. But if you're in a small room with with musicians and you feel the sound that's coming from their instrument not oh. necessarily from their amplifier that's pretty intense it's pretty intense and if uh yeah you hear those oboes go <laughs> an oboe is, it, hurt, it hurts so hard to play the oboe because it's that little tiny stick it yeah. looks like a bong it's so like so hard so hard it's yeah. uh it's I'm a high a for, level former clarinet guy myself I'm oh like, nice I'm never going to fuck with that oboe. I played violin for seven years, no Suzuki kidding. method, in the 70s. Person. Oh, wow. Yeah. You got up there. No, I just wanted to do something a little different. Violas are, you know, weirder. 
Yeah, but it's popular. a little. Yeah, but yeah, but you must have been good if you switched up to the. I wasn't. I never. Tr- I never did the violin at all. The, I did but the I violin. Was like, I did a little viola. I fucked around with a little clarinet. That clarinet. I'm not saying that I was a maestro. Yes. You understand. But I played a little Mississippi hot dog. I know what you're talking about. Seven years. Seven years getting yelled at. I was terrible. I was terrible. It scared me away from music taking violin so intensely. And then I came back to it. And now I have a beat machine. I like electronic beats and stuff like I'm starting to. And I'm playing a little bit more guitar. Um, and I did play a little bit of trumpet. Do you play, like, another part of the Cannabis Coffee Hour is we like to talk about morning rituals. The CCH. Yeah. The CCH Pounder. Yeah, CCH after, Productions here at CCH. the character actor, CCH Pounder. One of the great <laughs> character actors. Always. Who was he and what was she, he in? She. And she's in a million things. Particularly, Yeah, I don't know if she still lives. Yes. Times flies. Uh, times flies. That's right. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I'm not the human IMDb over Me here. Me neither. Me neither. I got the CCH Pounder pull. That's all I got. I'll look it up. Yeah, yeah. but now morning uh, rituals like coffee. Yeah. You got straight black. So I came in. He came into Shapeshifter. They got a, totally one of the did. best espresso machines in the American. world. Yep. And uh, oh, he was yeah. and and you would think this Yale graduate would want some you know super yeah. latte. You'd, he want black yeah, a big black cup a, of coffee. This a feet weird nerd. <laughs> you're the coolest some, cat I know, John. Don't put yourself down. Don't this, even. This, you're the this, uh, this decrepit old college graduate <laughs> would probably want something very special that he could sip with his pinky out, and I do enjoy that from time to time. But I was I I enjoy an espresso drink. Why did you want me to have one? No, no. I was wondering gonna, at home. What are you do you do? Poison me? No, I could. But okay. no, I love you. Uh, I love you too. Uh, I just wanted to get to the talking. Talking. We're the doing the talk it. jazz that we're doing. <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't want to wait for the espresso thing to go. Right. You know, I know it's very fast these days. It's very well. It's not espresso because it's fast. It's espresso because it's expressed through yes. the coffee. That's why it's espresso, not expresso. Just push it all the way through. It's a linguistics coffee jazz. Yeah, I'm a fucking snob. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I drink a lot of coffee. Drink, I'll drink any coffee there is. Same, same. My favorite kind of coffee is the fastest. Yes. And oh. nothing makes me more upset when I get the coffee and it will not cool down. Oh, you yeah. know, I don't want to besmirch a, f- a favorite brand of many, many comedians, but Duncan... Cool your coffee shit down. It's too hot. Yeah, that comes out piping that out. You got to watch hot. out. And you better be have a cup before. on it. Yeah, yeah if you're on the road on and you stop off there, it's going to be days before you can drink that coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to hit it with a lot of milk. A lot of oat yeah. milk is what I'm doing right now. Okay, that's good. Yep. Uh, so you're at home, you're just like anytime, anywhere, coffee, afternoon, are you doing coffee? Or past two o'clock? It's, it's funny. Uh, I used to do coffee all the live long day. And I was so, I was doing drip coffee. Into a, into a Chemex. You That's know, what that, I do every deal. morning. Yep, I love it. And uh, the problem with that is that, and maybe, the, maybe it's a, a feature, not a bug, but it's hard to keep that Chemex hot, right? Because it's True. not sitting on a hot plate all day long like a Mr. Coffee. Yep. It's just in a beaker, just in a glass beaker. They make a little quilt you can put around it. That doesn't do anything. You mm-hmm. can put it into a thermos, but I find those thermoses get gunked up inside. They ruin the flavor. So I just became very adept at drinking cold coffee, and that trains you to becoming very adept at drinking yesterday's coffee oh yeah which i will drink a cup of coffee that's on my desk from two days ago no problem 
Because I don't put milk in it or anything, so it doesn't spoil. Dude, I get you. Uh, I was at a comedy show the other day, and I don't drink. So I went up to the bartender. I said, you got any coffee? He's like, dude, I got a, a two-day-old pot here. Give that's just And I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah. just give it to me, Black, and I'll take a couple shots of this before I go on stage. I mean, stage. I love good coffee. I love good coffee. But sometimes the, that not-so-good coffee... It just, you know, it hits the right way. Oh, some bad office coffee or some uh, you, airplane coffee. Airplane. Oh, and that cup. And you say, I'd like some coffee. And they always say, oh, we're just making a fresh pot, which is has to be a lie. <laughs> they can't always be. But sometimes that airplane coffee is just the thing. Just the thing. It hits just right. Uh, but at home, we are doing es espresso now because hmm. our, our son, who's now off to college, became obsessed with coffee and and he 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 got an espresso machine or actually he learned how to use the espresso machine that we didn't know how to learn awesome and now and trained us so now that's a thing that we do oh that's awesome yeah, yeah that's a good college i was drinking way too much and uh coffee and weed that's what the, the cannabis coffee hour that's kind of what right. i switched over in like junior senior I love going how you reset the branding cannabis yeah. coffee hour cannabis coffee hour once again pounder you know who that is drop it in the comments <laughs> smash that like button smash that subscribe button so you got the same espresso machine or do you have the little teapot espresso i like those little italian have you seen those oh, the things? mocha pot that you put on top of the yeah. on top of the stove yeah have you ever done that yes. way yes yeah that that's was, a classy that's move. a that's a fun thing to do yes uh um, and, and, you know, that makes a, a specific kind of coffee. Yes. A specific kind of espresso. It's got a kind of flavor to it. Yes. It's stovetop, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, those things are really cool. That You know, that, then you feel like you're living in Italy or France. Yeah. You know? Because, you want to write because, some poetry. Because the espresso in that case is just like, that's their Mr. Coffee. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's, I'm not saying that it's trash. It's delicious. But those things get so banged up and dirty. You know, <laughs> over here we have an you know we imagine an espresso machine being this gleaming piece of high tech, either you know beautiful old old world craftspersonship, or some high tech thing that you get out of you know for a big dollar sign at Williams Sonoma or whatever. Right. But a mocha pot will make really good espresso, and it's just something you find, you know, rattling around in the bottom of a cabinet in Venice or whatever. Yeah, you can yeah. Get a, go to a used store and pick one up for nothing. Yeah, go to but, a used store. <laughs> I never go to a new store. Don't go to, go to <laughs> a, a used money. store. I go to a used store. They're all yeah. used if you think about it. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the, but the machine, so you got the clackety-clack in the house. You got I the, always, you know I've got that clackety-clack That's in the what house. I call it. Clackety-clack. Clack, 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 they... clack in the house. In the house. In the house coffee. He's got the clack. No, clack. Gotta... This guy has been on some uh, commercials for Macintosh. That's, uh, that's true. Macintosh computers. <laughs> Macintosh computers. Give me computers. that clackety clack up in get, the house. Yeah, getting you for a clack. bit of time. Yes, that's, that's true. true. That's I true. I was clackety clacking on those ads. I'm a PC. Yeah, I'm a PC that you and Justin Long, you got to buy a clackety clack for the house. I'll tell you what, I, we got to buy a college education for both of our kids. Ah. You're the man, Big John. And I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell any of your any of your listeners out there. Let them know. Look, I don't want to be your dad. Mm -mm. You know, my dad tried to talk to me about the magic of compounding interest when I was a kid. <laughs> I was like, no, no, thank you, not interested. Going to go into into the arts. I'm gonna I'm gonna get that I'm gonna get that literary theory degree. I'm gonna take all that money that you saved. And gave me to go to Yale, and I'm going to pour it into a literary theory degree that I'm never going to use professionally. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. So we'll just do one thing. Will you go take one bookkeeping course? I'm like, no. 
<laughs> you gave me the you gave me the gift of an education. I came out of it without college loans because my parents not particularly wealthy, but they saved up really early. Mm-hmm. And I'm just gonna fucking waste it on comedy and podcasts. Uh, you know, I did. I was an English major. I went to Denison University. Yeah, all right. I graduated Denison. in '95. Yep, and. Uh, Who's the girl from Alias? Uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Garner. Garner was a year below me. I bet you CCH Pounder was on an episode of Alias. <laughs> I bet she was. Look it up. Drop it in the comments. Smash it, that like button. Smash that subscribe. Uh, but I was an English major, too. And uh, I went into uh, uh, headhunting sales right after co- oh, okay, college. Okay. And then Where? I went into comedy. Uh, it was called Aerotech. And the guy. Where were you based at that time? In DC. In DC. Okay. In DC. Is that where my you're mom. From? No, I'm originally from DC. Right. Grew up in Northeast on Capitol Hill, uh, in DC, and then I moved to Southern Virginia for a short period of time, and then we moved back to DC. And during college years, I went to school in Ohio, a small little liberal arts school that Steve Carell went to. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And Tom Cotter, who's another stand-up, who's a nice guy and funny. Uh, Denison. Denison. That yeah, is. I'm sure there are a lot of great uh, alums from Denison. A lot of great alums from Denison. Actually, Car- the president of uh, Den- yeah, he went there, and president of Disney, uh, Michael Eisner, went there. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it was I would. Uh, it was a lot of kids that maybe could have gotten into better school, but they smoked a lot of pot maybe and listened they, to the Grateful Dead. Maybe they were too interesting. Yeah, maybe too interesting. Yeah. Uh, now, music. Had, did you ever go through? Did you ever minute, go I gotta through? Give, a, I got to oh, give. I got to give your uh, your listeners a, a a dad tip here. Yes, please. So, if you are you don't have kids, do you, Rob? I do, but I try not to talk about it on the podcast. Cut it out then. Yes, sorry. So, if you are out there listening to the CCH Pounder podcast, ca- Cannabis Coffee Hour. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking about having a kid, you get a 529 account. Ooh. This sounds like the most boring stuff in the world. Yes. But 529 is tax free savings for education. You put it in that account, whatever you put in, you can put in a certain amount every year. Get your, get your people to put, give you money for the 529. That stuff just grows. It's astonishing. More We've, than a bank? More than the stock market? But definitely more than the stock. I mean, it's just, it's, first of all. Is it bonds? It's, it's don't, I just don't know. It's a government thing. <laughs> you threw it 529. at me. 529. 529. Just know that. It's magical. You magical. put some money in there. That's how you pay for your kids' education. That's how you pay for your kids' education. And Good. you can, that can be used for private or public college. That can be used for graduate school. That could be used for a, a private a high school, if that's your kind of thing. Yep. But it's a, it's unbelievable, and let's it grows so much. And let's say the kid doesn't use it all. Well, then you can use it for your own education yes. if you want to take a, a, a class later on. You could use it for your own education at any point, obviously. But it's it's amazing. And we, you know, when when I got this, you know, job uh, suddenly, you know, at Apple. Yes. Very quickly after I'd been on the Daily Show for like three months, they invited me to audition for this thing, and I got this job. I it, remember. It, it paid money. It was on the TV constantly. It, was, it paid money, and I never expected to make money. Yes. And suddenly I was like, what am I going to do? And we had two little, little kids at that time. And so we funded the, someone said, go fund your 529. And it was the smartest decision that we'd ever made because they can go to college. And here's the thing. I was so anxious about it that we put in probably more than we should have into the 529. Yeah. And consequently, our kids will graduate from college with money left over 
and I want that money back. Yeah, yeah you but don't want to get it. it. I can't get it. You can't give it to I a 21-year-old. No, no, I, you got to give them $500 no, and a bus ticket. I mean, if I take it back, you can't get it back. It's got to stay in there for educational purposes only. Only? Oh, funny. And so, you know, like our daughter who's going to graduate from college soon, Yes. Sh she can use that for graduate school, or if she has kids, by the time they're 18... They'll, it'll be like it's incredible. Five two nine. Five two nine. I mean, look, I'm not in. I'm not here to giving you financial advice. <laughs> <laughs> to all a, these stoners, you're doing good. You know what you're doing. Quick scheme. I'm no, just saying, the, if you start on this and you have a kid, you're going to be so happy. Later you pull on. off a heist really or get lucky, off. and you got a stash. Put it into the five two nine and take care of your yeah, family. Now, if you I love if it. you don't have kids, if you're child free by choice. Which is no problem with that. Have a great time. Have a great time. Take a pottery class. Holy moly. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> Fuck that 529. Just yeah. live your life. Just live your life. Get a, yeah, get a yeah. plane ticket to Australia and get, get a couple have bongos. Boy, have fun. Have fun. Surf. Move around. Move around. Freak it out. Don't get afraid to get freaky. Yeah. Uh, now, can I switch to music? Yes. Uh, now, did you ever, I've gone through phases in my life where I've gone, like the Grateful Dead, I've liked hip hop, yeah. I've liked Led Zeppelin, yes. like the little metal, went punk rock, I, got, the, I know my minor the thread. These I are the genres. Genres. Yeah. What about you? What, did you ever go through a uh, hippie phase, like Grateful Dead, the band, what about the band? Uh, no. Bob Dylan? No. Um, I don't have the receptor for those songs. No. No. And, you know, when I was growing up, uh, my next door neighbor was a guy named Peter Rosenmeyer, a very, very good friend who was three years older than me. Mm -hmm. So super cool. Super cool. And, you Get know, he, I was in, you know, seventh grade. He was in high school, you know. So he was throwing all this. He had a big post Dylan poster. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I don't think it's telling tales out of school that he that he enjoyed. THC from time to time. Yeah, everybody must get stoned. That's right. So, and you know, he 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 liked that stuff, and but that stuff didn't didn't get to me. He would play that stuff for me. What I remember him introducing me to when I was that age that was sort of like, oh, this is scary. Was like the Clash. Ah, oh, yeah. And the Specials. Ah, you know, oh. uh, those are the two things that I took. We listened to those a lot are two of quality deep, bands. Deep, deep uh, 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 white album. Period, listening periods with okay. Peter as well. Nice. But those are the things where I was like, the, the specials I immediately locked into because I'm a nerd. Yeah. And, you know, it's incredible groundbreaking music that is that totally gets shat on ska. I love ska. I love reggae. I love Jamaica. And yeah. I, I'm not a prude and I don't buy into hipster culture. I think you go with your own vibe at all times. Yeah. And if it's honest and good, and it's good. And, you know, like everyone, everyone shits on ska, right? It's good. But but like, you know, punk rock is unassailable. Yes. And like And punk rock could be violent. Well, punk rock was very white. Yeah, very white. I remember in DC my friend got punched out by some punks. Like this was like during that early yeah. And like, I'm not talking about like white supremacist punk, which there was. Yeah, there was. There's but, a lot there's a lot of highly progress I mean, we were talking about Ian Mackay and uh 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 yeah, minor threat, minor, Fugazi. Well, not, not, yeah. Uh, Fugazi. Yeah. yeah, you were saying you keep it Fugazi up here. Do, do, do everything yourself. Yeah, do it all myself. And I these, edit, These shot, people are the book. most progressive, inclusive people in the world. I'm not saying inclusive. that. Yes. But it's like, I feel like, I don't understand that there was a second wave ska and third wave ska, particularly when it hit Boston, 
where it was like, oh, yeah, it started to feel a little bit um, cheese, cheesy. Get Let's just cheese. say cheesy, fun, frat party music. Yes. But you go back to the specials. I mean, this was essentially a cooperative band that was multiracial. Love it. Writing songs about serious social issues in Britain at the time. And, you know, it. it with it, an amazing beat. With and and ama- amazing. And, you know, obviously Elvis Costello produced those. The first album, anyway. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, and that first album, it was completely unassailable and musically incredibly exploratory and interesting and awesome. And I just feel like, why is it that like punk rock is on a pedestal and ska is like in the toilet? When you look, when you compare, this is. I'm not saying that it has to be one or the other. All comparisons are odious, but. When when you think about it, I think Scott deserves a little bit more credit than it. Than yeah, it and I give I give I that give it for Madness too, and all that first wave, or I should say, British ska, second wave British ska, as opposed to the original ska that was you know came out of dancehall music in Jamaica. That's what I was wondering if ska came from Jamaica. I thought it maybe came from England when all these kind of punk rock no, dudes there was kind of started playing the with sca- it. The Scottalites or the yes, Scottalites. Yes, I do know them. Yeah, I but, do have that on my Spotify uh, reggae playlist. But let me tell you something. It's not music. It's a recording, but it's not music, but it's about music. Go over. You know who Tom Sharpling is in the best show. Of yes, course. of course, of course. And John Worcester of Tom. Yeah, those are some serious music snobs. Yeah. Like they know their stuff. Well, they they did a thing. It was one of the first things they ever did together, and it must have been like 1999 or something, called Rock Rot or Rule. <laughs> and Tom was interviewing John Worcester on the radio, but Worcester was playing a character, mm-hmm. and the character was Ronald Thomas Clontal, <laughs> who had written a book called Rock Rot or Rule in which he and his friends in a coffee shop in, I think, Lawrence, Kansas, had had a conversation about every recording artist and had determined who rocked, who rotted, and who ruled. Yeah. And... I love it. It's, an inc- it's one of the funniest things to listen, not, first of all, to, to Worcester doing this character. Uh, and, like, and Tom would be like, okay, well, it, like, do you have little essays in the book? He's like, no, just, just a list of... Artists and whether they rock, rot, or rule. So, like, give me some examples. Like, the Beatles, they rock. They rock, but mighty boss tones. They, I, if I were him, I would say they, they rot. Yeah, that's what I would say. They would be rotten. I'm uh, not saying that. I went, to college, I went to high school with one of them. So, so yeah, you, I don't want to. Yeah, I threw Ronald something Thomas. at you. I'm yeah. sorry, my man. Because like, I don't like judging. I, yeah. I mean, I know you're no. the judge, John Hodgman. No, this is. This I'm is, Christian and not judging. This whole thing was a, was a wild send up of music snobbery, right? Yeah, like, that sounds me and like my the ultimate in a cafe line. have determined what's good and what's bad. Yeah. And Tom would like say, okay, what about David Bowie? Rot. Wait, David Bowie rots? Too many changes. <laughs> and then he gets to madness. He goes, what about madness? He goes, they rule. Really, madness rules. Well, they invented ska. Just says that as a throwaway line. I'm not even sure it was planned, because the best part of the whole bit is when they open the phones to people who are listening who don't know that it's a joke. <laughs> and the fact that he said that madness invented ska drove some people fucking bananas. And it just comes, like, people are like, yeah, I just need to talk to your so-called expert. Madness did not invent ska, sir. <laughs> it's really, really funny. Was Madness before the specials or after the specials? Contemporaneous. Um, because they got very poppy, though, in a my way. Bro- my brother-in-law is from Scotland, and he was the dude that... Scotland, yeah, right? My, yeah, from Scotland. Scot- Scotland. Scotland. But he was all about Madness, and I was like, what are these cats? And then yeah. I was like, oh, these guys kind of rock. 
I yeah. thought they kind of rock. Well, yeah, they invented ska. <laughs> I don't know if they invented ska. They didn't. <laughs> they did not. Uh, what well, about? They're great. They're great. Madness is great. All of those initial groups in that wave of of ska are great. Okay. That's okay. I'm trying to think of uh, maybe something of today's music. I'm trying to get a little bit deep. Uh, what about? I would say, yeah. What about? Uh, what about today? What's happening today in music? What's happening today in music? I was thinking of what's a contempt like Rihanna or uh, who's the other female artist that every oh Taylor Swift. I went to go see that movie. You saw the Taylor Swift film. I did. Yeah, totally. I had to. I had to. You had to. You had a female. You have a it daughter. Was, yeah. Yeah, but you know, our, so our our daughter uh, is a is a Taylor Swift fan. Um, she's about to graduate from an esteemed college in Southern Connecticut. Awesome. Um, and I, it took me by surprise that she was such a huge fan because my deal was always to find the weird esoteric shit. The stuff that no, like that's why I had yeah, to Yeah, I'm the same way. That's why I had to play the viola because like everyone plays the violin. Rob plays the violin. I, <laughs> I got to go one. You know yeah, I mean? you're like, the back cut. I'm not going to be listening to Bob Dylan give me the specials or whatever. Anything that seemed a little bit obscure because... I needed to construct a personality around myself being interesting because I was a loathsome fop. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, yeah. you know, our, like a lot of people our age and younger and older, the, the kids don't care about that kind of thing anymore. No. They don't care about using music taste as a, as a cudgel against other people to be like, I like this and you don't like the right thing. And they're listening to stuff from every generation, right? Because that's how it's being served to them. They're picking stuff from everywhere and she really got into Taylor Swift and the storyline of Taylor Swift taking back the rights yes. to her publishing by re-recording everything, by going through that labor, how Red. she had not been taken seriously as a songwriter. She had been exploited early on. Now she's re recapturing all of her rights by doing this work and just fucking going on tour. And that show is astonishing. Astonishing. Oh, she's top end. She's I mean, beyond Elvis. Un unbelievable. Yes. How much work she does work. and how much she gives. So good. You know. As a performer, amazing uh, singer songwriter, and just doing it the right way and doing it for the right reasons yeah. of the craftsmanship of it. So, having been, you know, and then we would take a lot of long car rides, and, you know, I'm not allowed to listen to music in the car. <laughs> Only other people can choose what is listened to, even though I'm driving. It's fine, whatever. That's why on Judge John Hodgman, my ruling is whoever's driving gets to pick what they're listening to. That's a good ruling. Which I think so, but it doesn't apply to me or any I other know. dad in the world, I suspect. True. But so I had heard a lot of these songs. And when I went to go see a movie recently with my wife, who's a whole human being in her own right, we went to the movies together because we're friends. Right. And there was a trailer for the Eras Tour movie. And, you know, later that night we went and met some other friends and we were like, we saw the trailer for this movie and we admitted what we hadn't admitted to each other in the moment that we both burst into tears at the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> because our daughter's grown up and she's left, she's, you know, she's, yeah. a, she's a, a, a legal age drinking adult. I only say that, you know, not that that defines adulthood, but you know what I mean. Like, I do. She's really on her way. Time and flies. About to, about to get a job and totally be wherever and just hearing those songs in the movie theater and like, oh, I felt so like, oh, she really did it. That Taylor, that incredibly attractive, talented person pulled it off. <laughs> pulled it off. <laughs> So I enjoyed that a lot. And did you enjoy the cry? Crying is yeah. can, can be very cathartic. I have it only, and you can't control it. That's the wild thing when it happens. No, no. there'll be times where you think you're gonna cry and you don't cry. And then there's times like 
oh, I don't care. And then it just comes on like waterworks. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, one, one thing that I learned that was interesting, my friend Brett Martin, who's a journalist, did a piece for This American Life about all how he would any movie he puts on on an airplane, he cries. Doesn't matter what what it is. <laughs> yeah, there's something going on in the mind. And so, well, it's not just that; it's also the cabin pressure is different, so it's easier to tear up. That's what it is. Something, no, I've, that's yeah. something that he reported. I don't know. Being a human is amazing. Yeah, and life is amazing, and it, it is fleeting, and it's going by so f- fast. Do you want to be cremated? Do you think about death much? Well, you're really wrapping this up. No, I'm yeah, you got your eye on the time. We're at. Let's we're, move ahead to death. We're, we're going right from. And I wanted to say, uh, did you go through an REM phase? I feel like you I would. Liked ha- REM. You liked Murmur. You liked. Uh, yeah. Uh, so you like the clad? I kind of know that was like my sisters and For brothers. Me, all right, so I went full hip hop. I want to get back to crying. We'll put a pin in yeah, that. Yeah, put a pin on that. I'm I don't all have over anything the place. to say about cremation, but I'm all about the crying. Okay. Yes. But in terms of my music taste, you know, as I mentioned, I had to be. I was a, a loathsome, pretentious only child fuck, and so I had to pick the weirdest stuff not even the most esoteric i would have loved you at 12 oh well, we would have hung out yeah i love you now so i just don't like you calling yourself a nerd i think you're cool oh well, that's that's all right i mean it's just what is is but yeah we're all goofballs yeah so like for example like mm-hmm. i could not i i respect the hell out of him i love him i appreciate his genius bruce springsteen isn't for me yeah I, if it comes to Jersey Girl, I'm a Tom Waits Jersey Girl. I'm not a Bruce Springsteen Jersey Girl. Yep. Um, I loved Tom Waits when I was in, in early high school. Mm. And I, I'll be honest with you, Rob, I, uh, in the comedy world, among certain unnamed snobs who are my friend, I've eaten a lot of shit for liking Tom Waits. <laughs> I even got to the point where I was like, maybe I don't like Tom Waits. Maybe they're right. Maybe he is just a weird pork pie hat wearing phony. <laughs> and then I was like, but that's what I love. Like, I loved the artistry and the yes. character work that he would do. And the guy writes songs that are fucking impeccable. So I'm taking back Tom Waits now. Tom Waits is cool. You're creating your own universe is what it's all. I think Bjork does that. Right. Well, there was such an emphasis in music snobbery on authenticity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And selling out. That's that whole Fugazi yeah. minor threat. And that's what's cool about uh, Taylor Swift. I, don't, I got no problem with people making money. Well, the thing, you know, <laughs> I, I, read, I read Jeff Tweedy's two books. Oh, nice. Uh, and he's got a third one out now. He's a really good writer. Okay. Uh, he wrote a memoir, and then he wrote a book called How to Write One Song. And he's got a new one out right now, the name of which is Escaping Me, but go find it. Drop it in the comments right next to CCH Pounder. Press like or subscribe. Shout but out Wilco. I feel really bad because I, I love Jeff and I love Wilco. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I don't feel bad about that. You just plugged him. He's yeah. good. Well, exactly. But, you know, Jeff wrote an incredible thing, which is like it really annoyed him in the rock world that there was this emphasis on on authenticity and the worst thing you could do in the 90s was act as though you cared about being a musician. <laughs> yeah. Like the worst thing you could do in a band was act like you wanted to succeed. Yes. That was somehow like so corrosive and awful. Yeah. You had to be like, I don't even give a shit. shit. Yeah. And he's like, you know, there is no band in the world that you have heard of that makes the music that you inspires you and that you want to emulate. There's no band in the world that you have heard of that didn't care a whole awful lot about getting their music out there and being good yeah. and being successful at it because that meant they could share it with people. 
no band, even the bands that you think or had opposed, like the fucking, the Ramones <laughs> fucking worked. Yes. And they, and they really cared about being like, not that the Ramones are the, but all of the punk But bands. they had their own style, they had their own sound, and they were trying to make the best dirty rock and roll. And I love really the Ramones. they really cared. They and cared. They really cared about getting it out there. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm like, yeah, that's the, the whole thing about, it's like, you know, Tom Waits is a phony, he's putting on a, a weird voice and he's acting like a hobo or whatever. It's like, yeah, all the people that you hold up as being the most authentic, they're doing a persona too. They care. They care. It's Bruce Springsteen, kind of Bob Dylan, everybody. It's show business, yeah, Bob baby. Bob Dylan has changed personalities 7,000 times. Yeah, what are we? Shape-shifting constantly. Whoa, what a plug. What a plug. We're dropping all, the plug. Dropping the plug. Uh, and the other uh, one I was really into in high school was Billy Bragg. Okay. I really like singer-songwriters more than bands. Yeah, I, I love a good singer-songwriter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like Bob Marley. I love... Uh, but then, I went, then I worked at... I, I got a job... I mean, I got a, a, not a job, I got a spot on a local radio station, the Tufts University radio station, WMFO, cool. Yep. 91.5 on the FM dial. I worked at the WDUB. Medford, Massachusetts. Where were you? Uh, uh, w, the dub, WDUB, the Denison radio station. Oh, yeah. I okay. worked as an intern for a show. Yeah. <laughs> I was a high school I, senior. They, had a, they, had, they kept a portion of their programming available for community. Yes. And... I weaseled my way in. Like That's they, how you what do they it. wanted was, you know, like, you know, local lo people from Medford and Somerville who were unrepresented. Yes, you know what I mean. Like people of color, indigenous people, uh, the queer community. College like, radio is cool. Yeah, totally. And it's like they they had not set these slots aside for a pretentious straight white high schooler from Brookline, Massachusetts <laughs> to come in and play all the Billy Bragg songs that he wants to play. But they gave me that spot anyway. And I felt so guilty about it. Not guilty exactly, but I felt like, oh, I can't just play the songs I know. I have to, I have a huge record library at my, at my fingertips. I, it behooves me to learn. And so that's when I learned all about, mm, you know, rap music yep. or, of the time anyway. Yep. That's where I first heard De La Soul was on uh, a, three promotion, high and rising. a promotional EP, a promotional single. For, uh, uh, it was, um, you know, Three is the Magic Number, completely reshaped my brain. Completely. And then I just learned Beautiful as much album. as I could about jazz. That's where I first heard Wild Chapatulas, uh, The Meters, you know, all kinds of ah, the meters. all kinds of corners of music that I had never heard. And I still listen to. And it's, I don't really have a style of music that I listen to. It's It's pretty... All over the place for that reason. Yeah, you've all, you have you have an open heart and an open mind, John, and I appreciate you. Yeah, my jazz. I like John Coltrane, the Love Supreme. Mm -hmm. I like when they go a Love Supreme, a, a Love Supreme, a Love Supreme. There's a Coltrane connection here at the Shapeshifter Cafe, is there not? There is. I believe the owner Matt, his father was John Coltrane's bassist. Is the story? Who was CCH Pounder, if I remember <laughs> incorrectly? Yep. Look it up. Drop it in the comments. Smash that like and subscribe Drive button. button. All right. Well, we're gonna wrap it up. We're gonna wrap it up. We're up at fifty minutes. You're at fifty-five minutes, and I don't want to overuse. John, you are too cool to do this. You're, 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 you're. Obviously, I'm very lonely. <laughs> I just want to talk. Just want to. We could go on for hours and hours, but you're busy. Uh, Macintosh is calling you right now. Oh, they got, Rob. They if got only you. it were so. <laughs> if only it were so. They got a, Everything comes back around. They're going to give you and Justin. I'm, I'm feeling like three years, it'll come back around, and they're going to give you That's another been, run of that. That's what I've been saying to 
my children. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna happen. I'm gonna get it on the TV again. Yeah, yeah. I saw you on. You're you're doing great. You got an open heart and open mind. Hey, and you've written you five books. I want to. I shouldn't have. I should have talked about your books because no. I want to write a no, book. No, no, I got to no. tap your brain another time. Fuck those books. Fuck those books. Are I they love on? my books. You can look them up. They're all. F- they got. I have them all written here, and they have. Gr- you're a great writer because you could tell by the titles. Uh, That's how I trick them. Uh, Vacation land stories from a painful beaches. More information that you require. The area of my expertise yeah. and the mandolins with the medallion status. Medallion status. The true stories of secret rooms. That sounds awesome. Thank you very much. They're fun. I mean, so the first three, the areas of my expertise, more information than you require, and that is all are very absurdist humor. Yes. And then I love the more it. recent two, Vacation Land and, and its spiritual sequel, Medallion Status, are more sort of Davis Sedaris personal essays. That I that are that are funny, I guess. Look, you should But about going into the go lounges. The lounges are oh, yeah. awesome. Is that what you're talking about, medallions in with the part, secret room? It's all kinds of different rooms that the kinds of places that you have access to once you're on television yes. for a little bit. And how disorienting it is and how weird it is when you no longer have access to those rooms. Yes. So that's what Medallion says all about. Vacation Land, I think, is a really good entry point. Uh, you don't need to read 5,000 pages of weird fake facts to get into it. But I want to I wanna say, look, the books are terrific. Go to your local library, wherever books you get your books or whatever. But I'm going to listen to Judge John Hodgman, obviously. But I'm going to encourage all of your listeners to go get, uh, go ahead and get high. Yes. And then please watch Dicktown on Hulu. <laughs> yes. My animated show that I made with David Reese. Two seasons of Dicktown, 15-minute episodes. It's a lot of fun. I think it's going to be enhanced by your THC experience. Uh, and all of your, all your favorites are doing a bunch of voices on there. Zach Galifianakis, Kristen Schaal, uh, you name it, we got them. Chris, Griffin Newman. Uh, Jean Grey. It's and that came fun. out during the pandemic, did it not? Or yeah. you guys taped it right before? Yeah, I'm going to go done, check it out. It, tonight. First I'm gonna season smoke. was done before the pandemic, pandemic came out in 2020. Oh, that's rough, man. Uh, I mean, whatever. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, but we made two seasons of it. Yes. And uh, I I think that it should have been reviewed by some publications. That's, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm saying. I don't check know why it, it wasn't. So I'm, I'm asking people. I just had to watch a little bit of it. And I hate to say this about my own stuff, but it's like it's stuff that I co-created with David, with Floyd County, who made Archer, with all the incredible collaborators. So it's just wow. not, not merely bragging to say it's a really funny show, and I wish, I wish people would discover it because I really am proud of it. So Dick Town, Dick Town, Hulu, uh, Hulu. It's a lot of fun. Oh, you're the best, man. Uh, Next time I come by, I'll tell you all about crying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when was the last? Uh, yeah, I, I've had some good cries, uh, but I don't do it often. But when I do, it feels good. Uh, but you know, life is emotion and peace and love and a love supreme and John Hodgman and shape supreme, a love supreme, a love supreme, pizza supreme, <laughs> taco supreme, burrito supreme, all supreme, all supreme. Keep it supreme. Keep it supreme. All right. All right, John. Great to see you, buddy. I gotta go crack a lack and out of here. Yeah, let's crack a lack. All right. I love you, man. I love you too. Oh, clackety lack, clackety clack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clack, you, you, I got a clackety clack all over the house. Yeah, that yeah, right. clackety clack. Espresso. Clack. See you later. Peace.
Ithaca College, and she's 70 years old. She was in All That Jazz. Mm. The play or the movie? The movie. Oh, wow. She was in Psycho 4, The Beginning. Mm. She was in Demon Knight, mm. Avatar, <laughs> and Godzilla King of the Monsters. Oh, wow. Thank you.